in this brave new world of artificial intelligence, I guess we have one of two choices. Either A, resist, 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 like Linda Hamilton did in The Terminator, or to embrace it, like uh, people had to do in the early 90s with the Internet. I, for one, uh, welcome our new robot overlords and decided to download the brand-new chat GPT app for my iPhone. And uh, I I have to say, our relationship is not off to a good start. It actually kind of hurt my feelings. I was just kind of messing around with it, and, you know, chat GPT is incredible. But uh, one limitation is that its knowledge base only goes up to September of 2021, which might be a good regulation or a good guardrail for AI to make sure that... uh, its uh, knowledge base is updated, but not too updated. So I decided to test its knowledge, and uh, I decided to ask it uh, about uh, uh, my friend and coworker Guy Gordon. At first, it said it needed more information, so I typed in Guy Gordon Detroit. Oh, it knows all about Guy now. Guy is a well-known radio and television journalist based in Detroit, Michigan. He's the host of The Guy Gordon Show on WJRAM, prominent news and talk radio station in Detroit. Guy has been a prominent figure in Detroit's media landscape for several years, covering local news, politics, and current events. His show often features interviews with a with various guests and covers a wide range of topics relevant to the Detroit community and beyond. I was impressed. It's a pretty good write-up for Guy Gordon. So I decided to ask uh, ChatGTP about myself. It said, uh, who is Mike Parsons from Detroit? It says, I apologize for the confusion, but my knowledge cut off is September 2021. I'm not aware of a prominent figure named Mike Parsons. uh, Specifically, I thought it said specially, specifically from Detroit. So I said, okay, well, guy needed more information. So uh, maybe I need a little more information myself. So I said, who is Mike Parsons, Detroit Radio? ChatGPT says, I'm sorry but I couldn't find any specific information about a radio personality named Mike Parsons from Detroit. It's possible that he might be a relatively less known or local radio personality. Ouch! So obviously this thing is a freaking idiot if it doesn't know who I am. So I think we're going to be just fine in the war between human beings and computers because this stupid thing has never even heard of me. I've started and quit 20 podcasts. I'm sure that stuff is out there on the internet, but it's just trying to be hurtful. All jokes aside, I mean, I think right now we all kind of have this complicated uh, relationship with AI because um, it's a little scary. Like I talked about on an earlier show, you had um, you have three of the most high-profile pioneers um, in AI. Chat GPT CEO Sam Altman, Jeffrey Hinton, the godfather of of AI, who used to work at Google, and he actually quit Google so that uh, uh, he can warn people about the dangers of AI. And Elon Musk, all three of these guys saying, uh, "Look, AI um, is very scary. It's very smart. It could become smarter than human beings, and uh, and uh, we need to um, be cautious of this." But 
these guys are also the three who are responsible for unleashing AI onto the world. And I think, uh, the, you know, the rest of us, the, the consumer, the end user, you know, we also have uh, an, an internal battle that we're waging. We don't want AI to make human beings obsolete. But you also don't want to resist using a technology that the whole world is going to use. I mean, there are some people out there um, who still never got Internet access, who never had it in their home, never got uh, an email address, or even learned how to use the Internet. And it's not because they couldn't afford it. It's because they chose not to. And, uh, you know, a lot of those people, um, you know, they got left behind. Uh, they kind of seem like they're, um, they're time travelers from a bygone era. Um, and, you know, I, those people are at a disadvantage. So, um, yes, I'm not a fan of AI. Um, I'm very, I'm, I'm very cautious and nervous of AI at this point. But also, there's no stopping it. And more and more people are going to use it. And, and eventually it's going to integrate into our everyday lives just like the Internet has, just like our, our, our cell phones have, just like our smartphones have. So you don't want to be left behind either. So cautiously, cautiously, I'm wading into the world of AI with the chat GPT app. And uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, it, it might be good for doing a quick Google search. You might, uh, you, you might have heard me get kind of caught up on a fact I'm not sure about, and it kind of derails the whole show while I fact-check myself. So maybe that'll be my first application um, for AI. We'll see. I wish AI would tell us, uh, make us a candidate uh, who is not bat-spit crazy or unqualified for, for the office because um, I'm looking ahead at 2024, and it's looking bleak. Right. We all know Joe Biden. Um, he's looking he's looking more and more worn down every day. He's sounding more and more tired. Um, there are some mean spirited questions about his mental acumen for the job. But there's also some legitimate concerns about his mental acumen for the job. Uh, we all, we all live through the Donald Trump presidency uh, where he was content uh, to watch the world burn while he pushed his false stolen election theories, and it erupted into a frickin' riot on our Capitol steps. And then we got Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis might be the worst option of, of all three. Um, he is, I call it governing from the comments section. It's almost like he reads a, uh, an article on Breitbart or the Daily Wire, reads the comments section, and says, yep, that's how I'm going to govern. Um, he is doing his best to turn uh, Florida into a straight white dystopian paradise. And uh, now his consequences have actually um, uh, generated or, or, or turned into, converted, if you will, um, into real job loss and loss of investment for the state of Florida. Um, as we know, Ron DeSantis and, and, and Disney have been in this back and forth. It all started when Ron DeSantis signed the Don't Say Gay Bill or the Parental Rights and Education Bill down in Florida, where it was uh, prohibited to even mention any mention of, of 
of sexual identity or 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 uh, gender identity in schools K through three, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't need to be in the curriculum. It doesn't even need to be brought up by the teachers. But if the teacher is asked a question by a child, the teacher should at least be able to answer in a sensitive, age-appropriate way, which is there's plenty of ways of answering questions about, you know, if a kid saw two men or two women holding hands or they saw someone that they weren't quite sure was a man or a woman, there's plenty of ways to explain that in a sensitive, honest, age-appropriate way. But under that uh, first don't-say-gay bill, if you dip before third grade, the teacher could be fired. In fact, there's a teacher uh, who was punished earlier this week for showing a Disney movie in Florida that had gay characters. I'm not sure which movie it was, but it's a Disney movie. Where was I going with this? Ah, yes. So, um, the the history of Ron DeSantis versus Florida. So, uh, uh, versus Disney, I'm sorry. Um, so, okay, so Disney said, hey, look, this bill, this don't say gay bill, uh, it's, 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 it's gay and transphobic. Um, it's really going to mess up the kids who might know uh, that they're not quite like the other kids at a young age, and it's going to be damaging uh, to the kids who aren't completely sure if they're straight. And you say, Mike, how do you know if you're, you're gay or straight at that age? I knew I was straight. I knew I was straight in first, second, or third grade. I saw a pretty girl. I said, wow, I would like to, uh, I, I would like to get to know that pretty young lady. I knew that in first, second, or third grade. So to say kids don't know if they're gay that young, is uh, it, it's inaccurate because think back to when you were in first, second, or third grade. You probably knew that you liked the opposite sex. And so, of course, uh, Disney speaking out against this bill hurt Ron DeSantis's feelings, so he decided to uh, punish them bureaucratically. Um, back when Disney Disneyland in Florida was being built, they had this uh, agreement called the Reedy Creek Agreement where... Uh, Disney would pay less taxes and they would uh, essentially be their own self-governing entity. Um, still subject to Florida law, but uh, Disney would pay for their own um, road improvements, their own infrastructure, their own emergency services. And uh, it saved both Disney and the state of Florida a lot of money. And then um, once Ron DeSantis took that away... He realized, oh crap! I'm gonna I'm gonna cost Florida taxpayers a lot of money. So he tried putting his own board into place um, to pretty much hamstring any decision that Disney uh, wanted to make. Disney uh, fought back by putting some kind of poison pill into an agreement with the new uh, w- with the new board that was um, handpicked and. Um, assigned, appointed by Ron DeSantis. Uh, the outgoing board gave that new board uh, essentially absolutely no power over Disney, thus making Disney um, keeping the all you know all the decision making power in Disney's hands. And so now both entities have been going back and forth in the courts the whole time. Uh, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, he got onto a earnings call with um, stockholders last week 
is wondering out loud, you know, does does Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida still want our investment or not? Because if you go over, if you go against the the biggest private corporation in your state and you start messing with them, eventually they're going to stop. They're going to stop investing money into your state. Your state's going to uh, lose out on tax revenue, jobs, development, all that stuff, which has come to a head this week. Disney had plans to build a, what was it, um, a, a multi-billion dollar office building in Lake Nona, which is uh, right by Orlando. It was a $1 billion um, project. It was going to bring 2,000 employees from California to Florida. And Disney said, to hell with it. Um, you know, this, this, this state government's a freaking nightmare. Um, we are not going to invest any more money under this governor. And over the next 10 years, Disney had and has plans to invest $17 billion and create 13,000 jobs over the next decade, which obviously now is in limbo because Ron DeSantis is on this uh, culture war virtue signaling um, warpath against Disney. And uh, I'm not sure how this is playing. I mean, I, uh, Ron, Ron, Ron DeSantis has obviously been emboldened by the 2022 election um, where you know just about every other Republican across the United States lost their ass, except for in Florida, they did very well. And uh, y- you have to wonder, you know, if you are a, a, a true pro-business Republican, how does this affect the way you're going to vote in the primary? This is not pro-business. Um, this is not small government. And now this little, uh, this little uh, whizzing match between Ron DeSantis and Disney is having some real-world financial consequences. And then earlier this week, Ron DeSantis, again, using children as political pawns to villainize the LGBTQ community, signed a package of bills called Let Kids Be Kids. And uh, it's, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with trans rights. Um, Let's just kind of go through some of the... Uh, the laws in this bill, SB 254, prohibits sex reassignment surgeries and experimental puberty blockers for minors. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know um, how safe or how damaging sex reassignment surgery or puberty blockers are for children. I'm going to, so I'm not going to weigh in on this one just because I don't have the medical expertise. You know, is, is, is it medically dangerous to give puberty blockers to a child who identifies as the opposite sex, or is it more healthy? I don't know. Also, also, you know, that's a, that's a big decision. Uh, you have to make sure that the child is absolutely sure that that's what they want. Uh, but I'm not going to comment on that one because I'm not educated, and it would be irresponsible for me to comment on something medical like this. HB 1069. Oh, the language says protects students from having a having to declare their pronouns in school. Additionally, the bill extends parents' rights in education by prohibiting classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in pre-K through eighth grade. Which uh, 
I know they were talking about expanding. That's the don't say gay bill. They were trying to expand that to 12th grade. It it sounds like maybe they thought better of it and moved it back to 8th grade. Um, Look, like I said, do you need sexuality and gender identity in the actual curriculum in elementary and middle school? I mean, maybe if you get into the older middle school grades, but 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 I'm fine with them not having in the curriculum. The problem I have is that, um, number one, kids aren't allowed to declare their pronouns. Um, you know, protecting kids from having to declare their pronouns. Um, you, you know, the social... The, the culture the culture war warriors they paint this dystopian picture that does not exist that kids are going to school and they're being forced to pronounce their pronouns they're not um if a child if a person would rather be called by one pronoun or another uh, i don't think that needs to be outlawed in a state again as i said from k k to third grade you don't necessarily need to tell about, uh, teach about sexual orientation and gender identity as part of a unit. But if a child has questions for a teacher, that teacher should be trusted and authorized to um, answer those questions in a age-appropriate, sensitive way. And as you get older, as you get into 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, you might be able to go into a little more detail. And I think, again, um, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, I think that's when kids really start questioning their identity just overall, not their sexual identity or their gender identity, just just who they are overall. That's a very sensitive time for a kid. And if you're a kid who feels like, um, you know, you're, you're not straight like the other, like the majority of the other kids, you don't feel like, um, the gender you were assigned at birth is the gender you really want to live as. And you have questions, you want to talk to someone about that, and you can't. You're going to feel like even more of an other than you did before. And this isn't protecting, this isn't protecting straight kids because that operates under the false premise that alternate sexual identities or gender identities are inherently devious, and they're not. But what Ron DeSantis is trying to do, it's a very, very old play from the political propagandist playbook. You come up with a villain. You come up with a danger that you're the only one that's going to fight to protect people from. And most of the time, that danger isn't a danger at all. In fact, the people you're painting a danger as dangerous are now in danger because you're 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 inspiring hate. You're inspiring fear against them. Anyway, uh, so this bill continues protects children from sexually explicit performances in all venues. A lot of people think that that is directed at drag shows. Look, if if the performance is sexually explicit. Whether it's a drag show or whether it's, you know, a side gender strip show. Yes, obviously kids should not be admitted to it. But does that mean that a drag drag queen story hour is explicit? If the drag queen is 
dressed like Mrs. Doubtfire and reading the Bernstein Bears. Um, yeah, it's 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 different. Kids might have questions if they see a man wearing makeup and a wig, wearing you know a granny blouse, reading to kids. Um, we had no problem with it with Mrs. Doubtfire, and uh, I would hope that um, you know officials in Florida watch Hooters restaurants as closely as they watch um, as they watch drag shows. So, on, on the face of that, I don't have a problem with that um, that bill as long as the bill is applied equally to all parties, whether it's a drag show, whether you're taking your kid to Hooters, or or or, or whatever else. Um, HB 1521. That's a law that says that people have to. Um, use bathrooms based on their sex uh, assigned gender at birth. To me, this is the most virtue signaling of all these bills because if somebody is evil and devious enough to want to assault somebody in a bathroom, a a men's room sign or a woman's room sign is not going to stop them. This bill is not going to make anyone safer and think about the implications for side gender people. Have you ever been at a store or a restaurant and you've really had to go and all the uh, all the uh, bathrooms in the men's room or ladies' room, if you're a lady, um, are, are, are occupied? So you have to make a dash across the, uh, the hallway to an empty uh, opposite-sex bathroom just to... Uh, you know, accept the charges when when nature calls and and they're not leaving a message. So I mean, this this, this could criminalize a lot of people who aren't criminal. And and let's be honest. I mean, um, you know, locker rooms, lo- locker rooms. Okay, we can have a debate about that. But when it comes to a bathroom, if you're just going right to a stall and no one's seeing your private bits, I wouldn't even know if you're a man or woman in the bathroom. Um, there's also a bill and legislation that uh, um, allows private schools, virtual schools, and home schools to participate in sports and other extracurricular activities. I, I don't know how that's anti-trans. Maybe there's some kind of uh, legislation in there against um, letting trans athletes um, compete in their given sexes. Um sporting events. I don't know. And, and, and look, you know, sports is something that, that we're going to have to um, figure out as a society as well, because at that young age, you know, there are some safety concerns. If, uh, you know, let's say um, you're a male to female, you know, you were born a male, but you identify as a female and you're physically stronger than the other women then, yeah, some people can get hurt. But do we need a law against that? I mean, right now the MHSAA is doing this on a case-by-case basis because, to be honest, it's not a big enough issue to even require legislation. It's not a big enough issue to require across-the-board guidance. Um, you know, it's it's a kid here, it's a kid there, and the MHSAA at this point is saying, we're doing it by a case-by-case basis. If, uh, you know, there's a, a child who was born a boy, 
who wants to play girls basketball or or they're going through um, the, the change and they're more woman than man, we'll make that decision and, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll let them compete in we'll let them compete or we won't let them compete in the uh, division of the sex they identify with based on the safety of the, the other competitors. And I think that's the best way to do it. Um, so Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislation are wasting a lot of their time with a lot of this uh, virtue signaling um, legislation that might get cheers from the comment section, but it doesn't really affect a whole lot of people. And the stuff that uh, that does affect a lot of people is very damaging to the LGBTQ community. So if Ron DeSantis is trying to do all this stuff in Florida, what's he going to try to do in America? Now, of course, Ron DeSantis has a very big majority Republicans in the House and Senate. They're passing bills that will allow Ron DeSantis to run for president while continuing to operate as the governor of Florida. They are a rubber stamp for Ron DeSantis. He is not going to um, face or he's not going to have that type of rubber stamp approval when he gets uh, to the presidency as long as um, you know, one of the houses of Congress is Democrat. Um, you know, there's going to be resist- resistance to a lot of this. Um, what's the opposite of progressive? Digressive. A lot of this, uh, th- this backward um, thinking legislation. But as president of the United States, he does have he does have a megaphone. As president of the United States, he's going to embolden a lot of intolerant people and validate their views, just like Donald Trump did with his fire erratic when he was president. Honestly, at this point, and I never thought I'd say this about a Republican, the least scary of the people who've declared for president is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley and I, we, we, I think we disagree overall on abortion, but she's been on all the talk shows talking about uh, finding compromise, and, and she's really kind of establishing herself as a reasonable moderate who leans right. I can live with that. I can live with that over Ron DeSantis and his crazy culture war agenda, over Donald Trump and his willingness to burn down democracy to keep himself in power. I'd even take it over Joe Biden, who, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to mentally or physically make it through another term. And that's not me being cruel. That's me being legitimately concerned. The problem with Nikki Haley, she's too moderate. She kind of reminds me of John Kasich in 2016, the Ohio governor, who at times would be on that debate stage and he would just look around at all the other candidates and say, you people are nuts. The people, uh, the American people are at home watching us thinking we're a bunch of arguing idiots because that's how they were coming off as. So, again, I 2024, it, there is no best case scenario. There is no best case scenario unless we have an actual sane human being coming out of nowhere and um, taking taking control of this presidential race because the top three contenders right now quite depressing.